you get so enamored, like, oh my God, I can entertain so much more complexity now. But my best advice would be to always, no matter what it is, even if it's an apartment syndication, to keep things simple. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I am your host today, Theo Hicks. And today we'll be talking with Michelle Bosch. Michelle, how are you doing today? Wonderful, Theo. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Michelle. She is the co-founder and CFO of Orbit Investments, as well as she's been a full-time real estate investor since 2002. Currently has over $40 million worth of assets under management. She has bought and sold over 4,000 pieces of real estate and built the third largest land investment and auction company in the U.S., She's based out of Phoenix, Arizona, and you can say hi to her at michellebosch.com. So before we get into the meat of the conversation, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure, absolutely. I am originally from Honduras, so just to give you a little bit of background, I'm an immigrant into the U.S. I came here in 1995 to study business school, then an MBA, went to work like everyone expected and hated it, and started looking into real estate, well, before real estate, into other business opportunities, but then looked into real estate. We knew absolutely nothing about real estate, nothing regarding how to build a home. My husband's also from Germany, so how we build and construction in general was completely different. So it was a little bit overwhelming for us because most people start with houses and that's what we wanted to start with. And we had no clue. So then we decided to focus actually on land. 
And the reason why we focused on land was because, like I said, we didn't know anything about how to estimate repairs, how to deal with tenants or deal with toilets that were getting broken or roofs or repairs or molds or anything of that sort. And I had humble beginnings in the land space. Then we were able to really quickly scale that. And we went from doing our first year 60 land deals to the next year doing a little bit over 100. And then the third year deciding, okay, we are working our butts off. Either we go big or we shrink back up. We decided to go big and started selling our land through live auctions. Here in Phoenix, we would have about one a quarter, sell about 250 pieces of land in one day. And that's kind of how we started. Then in 2009, we were in the incredibly fortunate situation of having created incredible large cash profits from selling land, either through cash or through seller financing. So quite a bit of cash flow coming in as well. And we were sitting in quite a bit of liquidity and Phoenix was for sale. So we just went crazy shopping <laughs> uh, for homes. We could get for anywhere between thirty dollars and $50,000 and we could rent for $950 to $1,100 every month. And then just three years ago, 2016, we started in the multifamily space, syndicating our first deal, partnering with someone that knew how to do this really, really well. And now three years later, we're getting actually ready to sell that first asset, then moved on to two additional syndications in two other markets. And so that's where we are now. But we continue to this day to do land just because it is so simple to work. You have virtually no competition. You don't have the typical three T's of the tenants, toilets, and termites. You don't have to deal with mold. You don't have to deal with anyone letting you into the property, getting a key to get into the property because there is no key. <laughs> you just like walk into the dirt. And at this point, all of the land that we do right now flip, we do it sight unseen. We don't need to be going to the property anymore. And that's how we were able to actually scale by just using Google Earth, maps, coordinates that we can send our buyers to, or when we're buying to really assess and do our due diligence upfront, we really don't need to visit the property. So it's simple. We have developed a really, really good process to find sellers that don't want their property anymore. And it's a numbers game at this point. We have a team that is a very well-oiled machine that we can really rely on to operate as we would operate. And I know you're going to ask me this a little bit later, but I wish we would have focused on the who much, much sooner in our business. I would say during the last maybe six to seven years, our major emphasis has been on developing our team, on making sure that we hire based on core values that even if someone has the expertise, the skill set, that they must also align in core values and in our mission in order to join our company. And that has really brought an incredible amount of ease and effortlessness for my husband and I. We work together in this business. We're, we're one of those weird couples that can actually work together. And really just having that unique ability team to rely on has been just instrumental in us being able to move from being generators of results inside of our business to really being creators of opportunities for our business. I appreciate going through all that. Lots of things to hit on. We're going to break it into first talking about land, then your syndication deals, and then some more high level stuff about building your team. But first, uh, what part of Germany is your husband from? He is from the very south, from an area called the Lake of Constance. And this is absolutely 
beautiful. It borders to Switzerland on one end, to Austria on the other. We actually fly into Zurich when we go visit every year. We've been doing that yearly pilgrimage thanks to real estate for the last 22 years. And he's just right across the border. So 45 minutes after landing in and getting out of customs in Zurich, we are on the German side and enjoying a beautiful area of Germany, just incredibly orderly, clean, flowers everywhere, vineyards. I always tell him, I'm like, what a pity that the Germans don't really advertise this area so well because it has nothing to be envious about or jealous about if you compare it to Tuscany. It's just that Tuscany has an incredible amount of advertising that is being done for that area and that region in Italy. But it's beautiful. It's very, very, very quaint. Yeah, that's great. I, I just asked because my mom was born in Munich, so it's always interesting to see people. Oh, yeah. Be, about a four-hour car ride or three hours by train. We're actually going to be right now in September at Oktoberfest. I've heard for years about Oktoberfest, and I'm like, Jack, we need to make it out there sometime. And especially since we had our daughter, we have an 11-year-old daughter, um, we're restricted to that school schedule. And she's usually back in school by the time Oktoberfest comes around. But I'm like, we're just going to go ahead and do it. We're going to pull her out for a week. We already have tickets to it, our flights booked, and we're excited. <laughs> yeah, because he's been talking about it for 22 years. And I'm like, I finally want to experience this. <laughs> there you go. All right. So let's start off by talking about the land. In particular, you mentioned that you're able to buy these properties sight unseen. I know some people do that for properties as well. Uh, you mentioned a few things that you're able to do that. Google Earth, Maps, Coordinates. So we don't necessarily need to dive into that, but you did say you've got a wallet machine process. I did want to just kind of go over that process of how you're finding these deals. You said that you've got a good way of finding people who don't no longer want to have their land. So how are you finding them? How are you valuing them? And then how are you finding sellers in the back end? The first step is basically identifying an area that you want to buy land in. And usually there's three types of properties that we're after. Either an infill lot in the city, a lot that is in the path of growth, so in the outskirts of the city, or recreational property, which can be out in the boonies or close to lakes or ski areas or anything that you can think of recreational here in Arizona. It's usually, I say out in the boonies, people that want to go and set up a camper or come out there with their RV on the weekends or want to go riding their ATVs. And the more washes the piece of land has, the more (laughs) attractive it is for them. So you have to be open-minded when thinking about land. Mm -hmm. Always think of like, oh my gosh, it's it's got a ton of washes. And that's actually, you know, a property that I can think of or one of the very first 40 acres in really rural Arizona had quite a bit of washes. And we're like, oh my God, we're going to be stuck with this. What are we going to do? And then there comes along a buyer that says, I am actually looking to pan gold. And I want a property that has quite a bit of washes because the mineral rights actually come with the property here in Arizona. Some other states, uh, railroad companies own the mineral rights, but here in Arizona, you have that situation or someone says, I don't want it flat. I don't care if it's buildable because I just want to take it out there with my kids and ride our ATVs on the weekend. So the first part is basically identifying an area. And then once you have identified an area, you want to procure a list of owners in that area. And you want to sort that list by vacant land list owners only. Ideally, that list should have the owner's mailing address so you can actually contact them. And then what we do is we send them what we call our land profit generator proven letters. (laughs) We tested quite a bit at the beginning until we ended up with a letter that we have been using now for quite some time. 
It is signed by me. We even tested at the beginning having Jack sign the letters and we had higher response rates when it was a lady soliciting them. So they go out with my signature. Invariably, there's some people that still cannot conceive that a lady is soliciting them. So they will ask for Michael instead of Michelle, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that's okay. And you send them a letter pretty much. And then people will call you based on that letter and they will raise their hand and say, hey, yeah, I do have this piece of land. I am interested in selling. And we basically go through a script that we've developed to find as much information as we can and gauge motivation from the seller. We make offers. In the process of making offers, we don't take very long because at this point, we still don't have a property on the contract. So we do a relatively quick value analysis just to give us a ballpark where most of our offers are anywhere on the five cents to 25 cents on the dollar of value of the property. And we send those offers out and then invariably contracts will come back and accept it. You send that to a title company, close on the deal. And if you have been doing this for quite some time, you will more than likely the moment that you have an acceptance, you will start marketing the property so that you can start doing that in parallel. You also have this scenario where you don't even have to use your own money, but you could do what we call a double close where you find a buyer and then that buyer really pays your seller and the difference, they cut you a check and there's no money in the deal or you can assign a contract to another investor. And so there's different ways to do it. You don't have to buy it. It's just that for us, such lower price amounts that we just go ahead and buy it. Unless it's a higher price property, then we'll either put an option on it or do a double close to find a buyer first and then close on that transaction. So that's pretty much the mm. process. And a lot of the selling can be done online as well. You don't have to have your own website. You don't have to really be tech savvy. You just need to go to the places where people are already looking for real estate. We list our properties on Craigslist, on Zillow, on Ladenwatch, on Facebook Marketplace. Actually, Facebook Marketplace for the last year and a half has been fantastic. So we've been using and shifting a lot of our focus towards Facebook marketplace to sell quite a bit of our land. And there again, you can send them coordinates, plat maps. This is all information that you will probably acquire upfront in the process of the purchase. But basically as you are accumulating all this information in the process of you purchasing it or putting it under contract, this is the same information that you're going to be using to market your property and find your buyer and send your buyer out there if they need to go look at the property before they invest. That's a really good succinct six-step process for essentially going from beginning to end. So there's a few follow-up questions, starting with your script and your letters. Do you mind just telling us what your, you don't have to tell us exactly yeah. what it is you don't want to, but what's the letter? And then don't go through the entire script. Yeah, but yeah. no, no, no. And, and I don't have it handy, so I don't know it off of my, <laughs> my head anymore. So on the letters, it is a numbers game, but the number of mailings that we have to do in comparison to houses is minimal to get a deal. You can expand from a mailing of 100 letters to get anywhere between 8 and 16 callbacks, and then probably two to three deals, depending on the area and the property that you're after. If it's rural or infill lot, in an infill lot, it'll probably require a little bit more just because it's in a city and there'll be a little more competition. So that's what I wanted to say on the letter side. So it's basically a letter that says, hey, I know you own property in such and such county here in Arizona or in Texas or wherever you're at. And I'm really interested in buying it from you. I can pay you cash. I can help you get rid of the burden of property ownership. 
and I close quickly. I have a track record. I've been doing this for so many years now. Or if you you don't have that track record, you can say my company is looking to buy and acquire in this area. We're moving in. And if you would be interested in having a quick cash sale, please give me a call. And you give them the contact information. There's a little reference. We have actually developed a proprietary software. So that helps us manage all our deal flow. So part of that letter, when it goes out, there's a little reference number on the side that even if someone calls me back and I miss their call or whatever, they can leave a voicemail and I have a, an outgoing recording that says, leave me your reference number. And with that, I can look up your information and I can look up your property and I can call you back if that's what they want to call back. Otherwise, I'll just send them an offer because that's all I need really from them. It's nice to talk to them on the phone just because, like I said, you can talk to people on the phone and you probably get a higher acceptance rate, but it limits you in terms of either you hire three people to help you or you outsource it to a call center so that they can help you receive those inbound calls and you are able to personalize that call a little bit more, but there's only so much volume you'll be able to handle. Or you can decide that if you still have a job, that you're going to let it go to voicemail or outsource it, whichever way. And perhaps you personally are not going to make that relationship with your seller on the phone, but it's going to give you the ability to scale basically and take and receive and send out much more letters, send out much more direct mail and be able to service many more inbound calls and therefore send out many more offers and get more contracts accepted and so on and so forth. So that's the just on the letter side. When you're receiving the call, the questions that you want to ask people are along the lines of, are you the owner of record? More than likely, I would say about maybe a little bit over 50% of the people that we get, either they inherited it, there is a divorce of some sort, some kind of a hardship has happened, or mainly they've inherited and they're miles away from that property and they don't want to have to deal with it. And it's either in the name of their parents or of the estate or whatever. So you want to ask them, am I dealing with the owner of record or who are you in relation to the owner of record? You want to make sure that you are talking to the person that has decision power. And then you want to ask them about your property. Can you confirm the size? Can you confirm, does it have access? Does it have utilities, electricity? Is the road access paved or unpaved? Because we're talking land here. Do you know if it's difficult to get in a septic tank or have you had your land percolation test It's basically a test that they do to figure out how fast water drains in order for you to be able to put in a standard septic system. So you basically go through a series of those questions to try to see what is out there in terms of value already in the property, any improvements that they have done, fencing it or anything of that sort. And then you can ask if they have an idea of what they'd like to get for their property. And that's pretty much the gist of the script. And what you'll find out is that during the course of that conversation, if you are servicing the calls, which is how we started, actually both Jack and I would take all those inbound calls. And because when we had just moved here in the U.S., our English wasn't so good. We struggled at the beginning. I'm like, no, you take that call. No, no, no. You take the call. No, you take the call. Because we were really, really concerned and self-conscious about our accent and people feeling like they could do business with someone that sounded like a foreigner. Quite honestly, we're very concerned about that. 
And actually, it was never an issue. People loved talking to me and telling me their stories of how they had purchased that piece of land. If it was here in Arizona, along with another lot in Florida, but they had decided to go ahead and retire in Florida. And now they didn't want their property. So a lot of -of out-of-state owners. And it really gives you the opportunity when you take the call to really connect and hear from your seller as to what's going on with the property. Very detailed. This is a very solid episode for those who want to get into the land game. Uh, Last question before the best real estate investing advice ever question, which is how are you formulating the offer price? I know you ask them like what they want. I know Mm -hmm. that you say that you do between five to 25 cents on the dollar of the value of the property, but how are you determining that actual value? Do you have like a software that you use or a formula? How's that work? Yes. Our software actually is tied in with Trulia and Zillow so we can see comparables very quickly. Otherwise, a simple Google search, if it's a subdivision, a new subdivision, and I don't find anything on Zillow or truly, I can just Google it and get a feeling for five, 10 minutes the most for value and go ahead and make my offer anywhere between five to 20 cents on the percent of that and send it out and see what happens. There's going to be people always that are not going to be accepting that offer. And they might even write you back saying, hello, how do you dare write me such a low ball offer? But then you have a ton of others that actually accept your offer and want to do business with you. That was your question, right? What was it? Yeah, that, that was the question. How you're valuing the property. So just yeah. basically just like all yeah. the properties. Just, and, uh, and, yeah, well, well, one more thing is in an infill lot situation, that's where it would vary a little bit. You might not have comparables because say a subdivision is completely built out and perhaps you're looking at the last infill lot there to acquire. So how you would do that is you would basically look at the average price sale of homes in that area and and then figure out basically per square foot what a builder would be having to spend in terms of building a similar size property now and then from there say okay about 20 to 30 percent of that value is going to be going to the land so the land is really worth this much and of that i'm going to offer 10 15 20 percent So you kind of like back into the value of the land based on the value of the house. So that's the only place where you kind of need to back into it. Otherwise, it's really pretty much straightforward for the most part. And it's just looking at comparables and size, proximity, price per acreage that has sold in the area that you're looking at. All right, Michelle, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? I think the best advice ever, I think, and even to this day, we continue to apply it and we need to remind ourselves because... As we have transitioned in our journey as investors, you get so enamored with, oh my God, I can entertain so much more complexity now. But my best advice would be to always, no matter what it is, even if it's in an apartment syndication, to keep things simple. The key to prosperity is simplicity. And to keep things simple, that would be one. And then the second would be to really focus on your who and on building your team that is rock solid, that it's people that share your same core values, that are going to have the same intentions that you are, that really rally behind your vision and the mission that you have for your company. As a business owner, that is the biggest aha. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, Michelle, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure, I can do this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I got faith. First, a quick word from our sponsor. If you own a rental property, TransUnion SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion SmartMove, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great 
tenants. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. All right. What is the best ever book you've recently read? I am actually in the process of reading it right now. And it's called This is How We Rise. And it is by a lady by the name of Claudia Chan. She is the founder of the She Summit. Part of what I'm really interested right now is in really advancing women and getting many, many more women into real estate. So it's a leadership book and I would highly recommend it. She talks a lot about whole life leadership. In order for you to become a business leader, you really have to develop yourself personally. And in order to develop yourself personally, you really need to develop yourself spiritually. And when you go to that place of spirit, because nobody wants to talk about that too openly, but when you do go to that place of developing yourself spiritually, you start thinking about leading in your life with a purpose Mm -hmm. and everything that you do and leading in your business and in your community with a purpose. And I would highly, highly recommend that book. So this is how we rise. If you had to start over today with little or no capital, how would you do that? Okay. I would go back to doing land. When we started doing land, how we did it was lower priced property, high volume, I would probably turn that around just because I can entertain a little bit more complexity now and I would have had the benefit of that experience. So I would now focus on slightly larger price properties when it comes to the land, but I would definitely go back to the land because what I like about land is that it gives you the opportunity to create large cash profit if you just do a quick flip, which we call one-time cash, by the way, in our family, we call that one-time cash. And if we decide to do seller financing and really carry the note, become a bank and have someone pay us monthly payments every month on our land, that's temporary cash. So it allows us to go from one-time cash to temporary cash and then use that money to go and park it into passive cash flow type of investments such as apartments. So that's what I would do. I would build my team around core values much, much quicker than I did in the beginning, for sure, and leverage the knowledge that we have, the capability, the confidence, the courage. We always say that our process has been a process of following what we call the four C's, which is we committed to something simple, which was land, but that helped us build the courage, the capability, and the confidence to move into the next asset class, which was houses. And then after doing that for some time and 50 rentals later in three different markets, we're like, okay, we committed to that. We mustered the courage. We gained the capability. Now we have the confidence to move to the next big project. So leverage that, leverage our network, and then move as quickly as possible again into passive investments and get our, what we call our security plan in place through passive investing in place as quickly as possible. All right. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? The best ever place to reach me, I think, would be to just go to my website. It's www.michellebosch.com. Of course, Facebook, Michelle Bosch, Instagram, Michelle Bosch Official. We have a free Facebook group called the Land Profit Generator Real Estate Investing Group. Very active. It's an incredible community of very generous people, generous with their time, with their knowledge that really help each other just figure out this land deal. 
land deals if you're starting at the beginning or if you don't know what the heck you're doing. It's an amazing resource to have. And just as a source of inspiration, every single week there, I have three offers accepted. I just closed on a deal. Just last week, we had a gentleman post. His first deal was $18,000. Another guy say, you know, I just sold something for $35,000. The next lady had another offer that got accepted and so on. And it's a place to come in and celebrate your wins and really share your struggles because everyone else there is going to help you get over those. They're very, very, very giving community. Well, Michelle, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and going into extreme detail on how to get started in land. This episode should be called The Ultimate Blueprint to Buying Land. Um, just to, yeah. to summarize the six steps. Number one is identify the area and you went over the three types of land you can look at. Step two is you get a list of owners. You said specifically sort by vacant land only, contact those owners, and then send them your letter. And we went over exactly what to include in that letter. We talked about the pretty high conversion rate of these letters for land compared to other real estate niches. Three is to screen the calls. You went through some of the questions to ask and how to approach actually screening the calls from a logistics perspective. Four, make offers. Again, you went over exactly how to calculate the value of your offer. Five is as a signed contracts come in, send those to your title company to close. And then step six, which is, I guess, kind of like 5B. At the same time, once you get that contract back in, start to market those properties. You gave us examples on how to do that. And then your best ever advice was two parts. One, to keep things simple. doesn't make things super complex and just confuse yourself and mess things up. If it's working, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, as they say. <laughs> yeah. And then um, you also talked about how um, you should focus on building a team that shares the same core values and mission as you. That trumps someone who's highly skilled in land, for example, but that doesn't share those core values. So again, really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Best ever listeners, thank you to everyone who listened. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for the opportunity. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out.